Hey folks, Kyle here. Thank you for listening. Just taking another quick second out here and add on uh, my own show. Figure this is a good time to remind everyone of these shows I got coming up. I'm in Eureka, California. I'm in Portland, Oregon, Seattle, and Oakland, California, all starting actually next week. Basically some dates in there. May 16th in Eureka, 18th in Portland, May 23rd in Seattle, and May 25th in Oakland. Doing my show hard to say, uh, this comedy show I'm working on about living with trigeminal neuralgia. I've gone on and uh, on enough about it on here. I really had a, a lot of fun out in, in Colorado last month, and people came out from the shows, and that was it's the best. Seeing people out at shows who, who like the podcast is just the best, and developing this show about the very odd and difficult thing I'm going through has been a pleasure that is unexpected and makes me very happy, and I'm very proud of the show. Um, like I said, the, I've got those dates coming up, kyleayers.com slash shows. Please grab tickets now. Grab them while you're listening to this. Send it to a friend. Tell them to come out. Seattle, Portland, Eureka, Oakland. Uh, I would love for tickets to get moving a little bit. And so would the venues that are emailing me. And they're just it's going to be a really good time. I hope to see you out. Thank you so much. I hope you're enjoying the episode. Once again, kyleayers.com slash shows. Uh, y'all are the best. Thank you. The absolute the best. In a world where every conversation is about what movie or TV show you've just seen. This is Never Seen It. Comedians rewriting famous movies and TV shows they've never seen. On today's episode, we have the very funny Ben Roy. Ben is uh, has never seen The Pelican Brief, and it shows. His script is moving emotional dramatic about birds it's wonderful it's everything that i love about this podcast happens with ben's script he has never seen the pelican brief and i think you guys are really really going to enjoy it uh ben you may know is in the grolix they are a sketch group from denver they have a podcast on this same network called the grolix saves the world you also may know him from his show those who can't which was on True TV. Ben is just so incredibly funny, and and the script is so wonderfully written. I think you're going to absolutely love it. Ben Roy has never seen The Pelican Brief, uh, but he rewrites it, and we read his script. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, I, I kind of am trying to get a bunch of stuff going on, so if, if you guys are into any other sort of... I'm on Twitch at Kyle Prime Video, twitch.tv slash Kyle Prime Video, and I am streaming a new comedy show with Dave Ross, friend of the pod, on there called Awful Level League, where we make terrible video game levels, custom levels, and force each other to play them. I don't know if you guys can hear, but there are some kids playing in the school that shares a fence with my backyard, and they are loud. But if you can't hear them, Never mind. I just got my door open. It's kind of pleasant out today. And recording with your door open, probably not a good idea, but I enjoy the air. So yeah, twitch.tv slash Kyle Prime Video. Please follow the show on Twitter and uh, Instagram at Never Seen It Show. I am at Kyle Ayers on both of those. I am not great at social media. It overwhelms me, but I'm trying to be better about it. And, and post more about the show and everything. 
this recording was wonderful. I'm, I'm having a, a lovely time making the show right now. Thank you to everyone who hit me up about various things going on with my head. Uh, it is not better yet, but I'm working on that as well. Um, and it is pretty tough, it, you know, how it is dealing with that. Uh, if you want more of this show, we have a Patreon. You can support. That is the best way to support the show if you want to. Patreon.com slash never seen it. I have a podcast I do on my own up there called Silly Silly Serious that you can only find on the Patreon. We also have early episodes of this and bonus conversations, that uh, things that we're doing, fa- more fan scripts, stuff like that, all on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash never seen it. Um, we are on the stereo app. This is the most fun new thing I I think. Stereo.com slash Kyle Ayers. Basically it is a live interactive radio podcast app. And it's free. It's totally free. Stereo.com slash Kyle Ayers. I know I'm giving you a lot of things. Clamp on to any of them or none of them. It's up to you. But I'm hopping on stereo and stereo.com slash Kyle Ayers signs you up. It's on iPhone and Android. And I'm going to be doing some podcast stuff, and you can interact live with me and with my guest. I, I would like for you to write before and afters, and you can send them to me uh, and t- tell them to me live, and I have to guess yours. That I would love, and that's the sort of stuff we're going to be doing on there. Stereo.com slash Kyle Ayers. It is free. You can find me on all this stuff. Thank you for listening. I hope everyone is doing well and is safe and happy and finding joy in, in something small or something big. But sometimes you got to just find it in something small. Sometimes I just lay on the floor and look at my funny dog and feel happy in that moment. And I hope you guys have some sort of equivalent that you can have. That is is your floor funny dog. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, Enjoy this episode with Ben. Rebecca and I were friggin' losing it during a script. It is so funny. It is so wonderful, and it is actually legitimately moving. For fans of Bambi and for fans of Ferngully, I present Ben Roy Has Never Seen the Pelican Brief on Never Seen It. Oh, I, and, you know, who knows when we'll cut in, I guess. Oh, right? okay, great. Uh... Yeah, we can cut in whenever. <laughs> I sometimes like to start right once they say, are we live? So then if you, everyone listening feels like they missed something. Oh, yeah. Well, for those who are just tuning in, we just gave improv the business. <laughs> but that's for those just tuning in, that's how you enhance the Zapruder footage to see better. <laughs> Sorry, you missed it. Stand up comic roast improv. <laughs> <laughs> Big giant titles. Joe Rogan hits an air horn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dog bark, slide whistle, balloon pop. Here I we like go. the idea where you're like, I don't quite know that I haven't listened to this. I would love to go on Joe Rogan's podcast. Big. So what is this? I, I'm just not familiar <laughs> with this. I've prepared a few items. Uh, I wrote a you, mean we just, you mean we just meander through theories? Uh, so let's. You mean, <laughs> so you, wait, you have a different guy read headlines at us, and we say, "Whoa, great! Yeah. I would love to get 10 million fans." Yeah, and then we insult Kung Fu for three hours. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so yeah, this is exciting. I'm excited. And I've always, I've been a a, Kyle. I love the shows you do. You always have creative shit. And, uh, thank you. Yeah. I don't know if people, you know, there's a lot of, we got a lot of Bo Straddle fans who've made their way over into never seen it. And you have what is historically legendarily the 
most commitment to a single boast rattle bit of all time. If people don't know, so boast rattle is a head to head compliment contest that I ran and hosted back when there were shows. Shows were like gatherings of people in a small space to enjoy yes. something commu- like collectively. Collectives yep. were like groups of people trying to take in an experience. You just have to groups start keep defining gatherings words. of human beings similar <laughs> it's not, to murders. It's not ringing those. a bell. Okay. Yeah, groups I'll were like a, a gaggle of pigeons for humans. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> A murder of crows. <laughs> a, yes. a murder of crows, but for people. So Ben and Kyle Kinane were boast rattling one another, and it was great. And Ben, uh, you want to lead into how you, I don't want to misspeak the the way that you led into the thing, but well, it was I so incredible. I went first. Yes, and I said that I appreciated Kyle's that I've been a big fan of Kyle and sharing the stage with him because ever since he wrote that bit of his that bit about bean dip the one that went uh, bean dip i was like that joke changed my life (laughs) and it sounds like a kyle canane bit so everybody bought it we went through and did the whole boast rattle back and forth after i said that and then at the end i was called to do my last boast at him and i once again said Kyle, that bean dip bit, man, I'm not joking. (laughs) It made me want to be a comic. And Kyle was like, I don't know why you keep saying that. I've never had a bit about bean dip. (laughs) And I was like, you haven't written a bit about bean dip. And he was like, no. And I'm like, well, then that's going to make this tattoo. I got tattooed on my peck that says gruff mumbling bean dip, Kyle Kamein. I got that the morning before the show. (laughs) The punchline of that joke. If you look, uh, I don't know if you could see it there, Rebecca. That says gruff mumbling bean dip Kyle Kinane. And uh, actual was tattoo, like, if you're listening, it's an actual tattoo that I got. Now, for those who are listening, I'm in shock I, right now. I want to be tattoo clear. Of, a, of a known fictional Kyle Kinane bit. Yes, I knew it wasn't a bit of his. I want to be clear to your listeners, I have. A lot of tattoos. This, this isn't was, tattoo three. Yeah. But this like, is, if you had gotten a temporary one, no one would have known the difference. Well, so I went in. Okay. So I went into the tattoo shop that was, it's in Los Feliz. It's like right across from the Umami Burger. Right. Right. You know where I'm talking about? It's like a yeah, very in by well, Homestead and that Tiger yes, coffee shop. Yes. That's a very well known tattoo shop. I don't know what I was doing, but I just figured maybe one of their artists wasn't busy. I went in. And I told the guy what I wanted and he laughed and he was like, why do you want this? And I told him and he goes, you know, I could just stencil this on you and not do it permanently. And I was like, but is that as funny? And he was like, (laughs) it's not as funny. It's not. And it isn't. If it had been stenciled, it wouldn't have been as good. Um, now what really played out is this, what was so <laughs> wild is the Sklar brothers were the judges and it came down to one of them. Vo- it was a tie. They were a tie. One of them was a tiebreaker and they voted for you to lose. Yes. To lose the- so <laughs> then I lost having got, so I lost the show having oh got this tattoo. And that was the right choice as well. I think it was Randy who did that. And it yeah. was the right choice. Had they let me win, it's too obvious. I got a tattoo to win. Yeah, and you would have had to go to another round where your tattoo wouldn't play an interview crowd and, member and, Erica. And like, yeah. And Kyle was ripping 
compliments right into me. We, I was feeling. Did anyone on stage or the judges or anyone like check you to see if it was a real tattoo? It was still almost bandaged up (laughs) because it had only been five hours. (laughs) Only a few. Wow! Holy shit! Uh, it was the, the dumbest thing that I've done, but, uh, you know what? I mean, look at me. What is, what does it matter anymore? I mean, uh, I'm not like, uh, there's a comic in Utah who's got, you know, face tattoo. Uh, what's his Shane or, uh, he's a funny guy. Um, I can't remember his name, but he's a funny dude. And, uh, you know, he has, I'm not to that level, but I mean, you know, I'm at the point of what I'm at. What does it matter? Amounts. That one kind of just falls into the crowd where it is on your chest between a bunch of like really now, colorful for tattoos. Folks listening crowds uh, were that's a, <laughs> a crowd of tattoos is like a gaggle of humans of tattoos yeah. <laughs> before uh, the b- this pestilence. So um, but anyway, uh, yes. So I'm here and I love the stuff you do and Bo Straddle was Thank a blast you. and Yeah, I can't that those were the day. That story is so good. <laughs> uh, that's like the best story I've ever heard. Ah yeah. Thank you. I'm uh I I mean I have you know misspelled tattoos and just I, I never like when I see somebody like nowadays there are people, everybody it feels as if they have all their tattoos planned. Like that's part of the thing. They're all black and gray. They're beautiful. They're important. They're all, they all say something (laughs) profound. And it's like, you haven't, you were to me, you didn't enjoy tattoo culture. If you didn't get dog shit once in a while (laughs) that you sort of regretted immediately afterwards tattooed on yourself. Because I, <laughs> and you make a great argument in favor of just. Yeah, like, I think fuck everybody it should just yeah. go get a fuck it. So tattoo. part of yeah. tattoo culture is a uh, uh, um, at least one impervious permanence. Exactly, like <laughs> right. the the idea that like part of the reason you're doing it is because you're not taking everything so seriously. You right. know, like I, I have just some dog shit tattooed on me that was, uh, you know, it was funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no other reason other than like, uh, yeah that here you know like that's but like the um, mindset of getting a tattoo like the kyle canade one when you already have a ton of tattoos is different than when you have no tattoos and oh, you just yeah. like for your first one you oh just yeah get like a- <laughs> that'd be a fucking next be- level move then you would have then you would have won i think then you would have won both rattle you'd be like this is my first tattoo yeah then people would then well, or people would question you'd be committed yeah Yeah. it would be the weirdest dynasty typewriter located intervention (laughs) of all time and then and then the second show because i've done it that's the other show i did at dynasty typewriter i ended up doing some like kind of nasty like show which i'm not really all that into doing and i told the bit i hated because it fit the theme of what they were recording and and now i hope they don't hate me because god i fucking hated that bit but um but i love that place and i love it i'll just stop but what are we doing here <laughs> <laughs> i can't stop thinking about calling that tattoo you got of his joke competitive unerotic fan fiction <laughs> <laughs> i still will sometimes like send kyle a text and be like 
oh, bean dip, you know, like I'll just, I'll be like shirtless in bed and just send them a video of me like tracing it with my It finger. was just like looking back on the whole round. Every time you said bean dip, he would kind of be like, what do you say? Like, what do you, t-? Yeah. but no, everyone would, else just went with it because it sounds so much like a thingy would yeah, have in 25 he, minutes about. About, about seven layer dip. Yeah. That's yeah. what Kyle would do. And he would find a way oh, to the top. The top is not a layer. Like it yeah. would like turn into this. <laughs> And he would find a way to to make it an allegory about culture and, you know, what would, I mean. We would and, all be mad because it's funnier than anything any of us yeah, have recorded. Exactly. And it's just him getting mad about a green room bean dip yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so everybody just accepted it. But, yeah, thankfully, I was afraid he had a bean dip bit because if he said <laughs> he had a bean dip bit, it, it wouldn't have been as funny oh, either. Because yeah. I knew I scoured looking at his tracks to try to – because I don't listen to Kyle. I, I find it trite. Um, but I, I hope he listens, but he doesn't. I think he's like a he's like a fucking three percenter militiaman in fucking Oregon now or whatever he's doing. I don't know if you've seen him, but he looks like even Dust for Bull him. Santa. He has a beard right now. I know. Right. He's got beard on his beard. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's weird. Um, hope you're OK, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, it's always well, what a I piece did- of shit. I did this show one time that was that rabbit hole show. Remember Rory and Jay Larson briefly ran a show after Meltdown and it was called rabbit hole. And they were like, I did one and the show was really, really loaded. It was like the Sklar brothers and Maria Bamford and Dimitri Martin uh, and Louie was on the show. This was a while ago. And uh, it, it was this crazy lineup and I was after them. And I was like, go up there. And this is like, Kanane is is like the is so uh, wildly loved in LA stand up, and you just kind of expect him to be on every show. And so I told Rory, I was like, go up and just say Kyle, and wait till they get excited, and then say Ayers, because he Rory. And so Rory's like, Rory's like, I can't believe how many people that weren't on the lineup we have on this show tonight. It's crazy. This guy, he's all over LA. I mean, this is wild. He he's just so good. And then he went Kyle. What is it? And like looked over and then he goes, Ayers. And people literally went, huh? Like you heard someone say, huh? Like H-U-H. <laughs> oh, God. That's so fucking good. What a, and like that's a the funny two idea. Kyles that aren't NASCAR drivers both do stand up. <laughs> oh, that is, is too so real. Funny. I went to the Daytona 500 as a kid. So really? I can, yeah. My. I grew up in Maine. I'm from a just a, I rush and teep cupped my way here through a staunch line of trash. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I mean, I, I grew up ne- near Kansas Speedway when it opened up and people what? were like, finally, something to do. And you're yeah. like, you got dri- you to drive by the whole city of you would have to drive past a World War One memorial to get to the thing to do. <laughs> A World War One m- memorial and a landlocked U.S. state, nonetheless. <laughs> I, know, yeah. I know. It's the only, like, full-out World War One museum. I think Kansas City just built it because there wasn't one. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we'll do it. We could be that. No one comes here. It'd be nice if mob. we had a museum that wasn't a sunken riverboat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where are you from? Kansas City? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they got uh, the Steamboat Arabia Riverboat Museum. Good, and you go, good barbecue. Good barbecue. That's yeah. it. I mean, and you know, now football and baseball. And I will, yeah, yeah, I will say the Royals are one of my 
I mean, they're a favorite American League team of mine. That's how I feel about the Rockies, one of my favorite NL teams. And you can, you uh, can, you can print this right now. You can tell the Rockies to go and fuck themselves. Yeah, it is. They not hate a good- <laughs> their fans, and that whole that whole ownership and front off. Fuck them. They hate Denver. They don't give a shit about bringing any kind of winning team here. They're a terrible group of people, and fuck the Rockies. And the Rockies will continue to. Suck. All of a sudden, but they like they've I've never they overachieved to the point where you're like just care a little bit and then this team can win yeah, because they have a good stable of young players, but they have no yeah. arms and anybody who comes through and provides the city with any bit of enjoyment and glory throughout the season, they just pawn them off to the Cardinals. Like I, they and they couldn't go to a worse place. My least favorite franchise in all of sports really is the St. Louis Card. I just you hate I, them more I, I than the to, Phillies and the Yankees. I had, go, I had to go to school with all of these. Cardinals fans at, at I went to Mizzou in, in central Missouri and all Cardinals fans this is when the Cardinals won a World Series while I was there and you hate them more than the Phillies the limp yes. biscuit of baseball teams <laughs> the Phillies are the they're the worst team you just say that because their mascots called the nookie <laughs> I don't know what it is about the Phillies I don't hate the Phillies I even like got so tired of Boston sports that I started liking the Yankees. Oh. Which is not a I good I apologize. I love thing. my Rockies because I love Colorado. I love Denver and I want to see this city yeah uh be able to to win a a, a pennant, but they're never going to with the people who own it and uh they should I love the Rockies cuz their stadium's cool. It's and, a beautiful, and they don't and that's look like most, every other baseball team. And it's yeah. a fun place to go see a game, and the fans. And I don't know. There's something. Uh, Coors Field is the yeah. cathedral. It's a beautiful stage, and it, it like it, it points out towards the, the Rockies and going there on a summer night. That's why they don't have to put a winning team on the field because it's in the most popular part of town, and it's always beautiful every summer yeah. night here. And so every single go. time you go there, it looks like a panoramic photo that you're just yeah. a part of. Like yeah, You look beautiful. like a souvenir yeah. photo. Yeah, exactly. Where's the flyover? We do flyovers every single game. So, That's so the Blue Angels again <laughs> for the 370th game in a row. Kansas City is right by a, the Air Force Base where B-2 bombers where the stealths are and you have oh. to fly them because they have to have like fluid movement you know they can't sit still for a long time right so every game everyone's like where's the stealth and my parents house is where they turn over and my dad oh. will just try and oh. FaceTime me and show me a stealth bomber in the air and I'd, over FaceTime boy does it not hold up that, <laughs> like, yes exactly a and I love that everybody airplane. is excited by the we're in the flight path of but they're all getting ball cancer from the like jet fuel that drains out of a ram jet coming well now over. you go and there's a bunch of whispers about chemtrails as the planes fly over <laughs> hey i was on a plane that chemtrailed once and the pilot just gave us a bunch of free heinekens to not tell anybody <laughs> so we, we got to we got to loot the cart and boy did we laugh and laugh ah uh, it was fun <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
Let's talk about the. So you have never seen the Pelican Brief? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Nah. And I just thought the name was funny. These it are was sort that of or like, Mystic Pizza. I don't. Uh, those two movies I've never seen. <laughs> Mystic Pizza. You want to talk about people who talk about chemtrails? Mystic Pizza sounds like a hashtag that gets banned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a bunch of people are screaming about the basement of Mystic Pizza. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. No. I. I have truly never. Um, I've never seen the Pelican Brief. I've. I've. I've heard about it. Uh, I remembered it when I saw your script. But you, it's not a movie I think about at all. Yeah, I I um I saw it flipping through I think Netflix or one of the on-demand ones when yeah. you had mentioned this and I was like, I've never I've never seen that. Let's let's, let's uh, give it a run. Let's give it a So I didn't watch it. I have no idea who is in it. I tried to avoid looking at the cover. I believe it's Julia Roberts. But I'm not uh, entirely sure. I would categorize the Pelican Brief. I call this a TNT movie, uh, just <laughs> because it, it feels like drama? no one, no, yeah, because it feels like a movie no one's ever seen without 48 minutes of commercials. Yeah, and it just feels <laughs> like it's like kind of like a few good men, right? Like I feel like I watched a few good men as a child. In like it took me like a year because it would just always be on TNT, and then I would see like. I I love a few good men. Great I don't movie, care. But like, gonna, great movie. That's, but... that's Aaron Sorkin's masterpiece. As I far agree. As I, I mean, no disrespect to a few good men. I'm just saying. I feel like it was. No, always I see on what TNT. you were doing, Rebecca. You were trying to play a power move. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautifully acted, well written, all dialogue, all heart. No, no, I get it. <laughs> Rebecca's um, cue cards fall into her video frame and fall yeah. down. <laughs> <laughs> or we took on big, big improv and Aaron yeah. Sorkin. Both had to be taken. Big down. Sork. Is big Sork. A, is a Pelican brief? Are you saying you think Julia Roberts is in it because you just think she might be in I it, or thought, because because it's like Aaron Brockovich? It's like another legal. No, I just I thought I heard somewhere yeah. that she was in it, or she I had is. in my head. I I, have I don't no know anything about this movie. About the movie. The Pelican. Uh, I don't know what a literal Pelican brief is. It feels like the Hanging Chad of court, or like some sort of right. like it very feels like outdated a court thing, right? Yeah, very outdated court statement about like well, one time a pelican. I was All right, way we'll off on that. I had I, no knows? idea what it was, <laughs> so I I wrote what I hoped it would be. And so uh, you can cast it however you would like. Oh, I get to cast this. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Um, I, I would like Rebecca, uh, to play, uh, I'd like you to play Hudson. He's a, a young, he's a juvenile. Uh, and then, uh, I'd also, per, I'd like you to play, uh, uh, crayfish. He's okay. nervous. <laughs> he's okay. very nervous. Uh, <laughs> and I guess I can assign as we go. Cause I'll forget some, but I would like, uh, Kyle, you to play Frank the egret. Uh, <laughs> I think you're gonna all see where this is going. <laughs> uh, this is exactly what I wanted it to be. And uh, you will also be playing the part of Minnow. Um, okay, great. I, I'll read, I guess, all the cues and Columbus as well as uh, Barry Bullfrog. Um, and I think, <laughs> I think we're this is a lot darker too than I think you're expecting it to be, but um. All right. How do we do this? Do we just go? So I can share the script, or if you can pull it up on your computer, you can just read it on there, and then we'll just go. Yeah, I can read it on here. I've got it here. Okay, cool. Yeah. Are we ready? Right. Yeah, let's do it. Exterior, Crane's Roost Country Club, East <laughs> Bank of Braxton Shallows, morning. 
Early sun flickers across dew-soaked grass as a chorus of crickets sing the night's reprise. A placid lull is finally blessed Braxton Shallows, a 300-foot-wide oblong water trap on the left bank of Hole 7 at Crane's Roost Country Club. To the wealthy sacks of unburned shit that limp and saunter their way around Braxton Shallows, this water trap is known as an insatiable connoisseur of designer golf balls or rage-flung putters. <laughs> but to the birds, reptiles, and fish that inhabit its watery confines, it's simply known as the hearth. A dubious, soaring bird floats by as two groundskeepers, one tall and dim, the other short and disheveled, toil below. The smaller of the two groundskeeper raises his gaze and watches a frown crossing his face as the angelic bird flirts with and dips into the shallows just beneath the horizon. <laughs> but bubbles froth from the mud ringing the hearth shores as a webbed foot stomps into flame. Frame. Slowly, a second set of freckled toes gingerly rests in the black sludge. A slow pan up a pair of leathery legs and two knees resembling blueberries lodged in a straw <laughs> reveals... Columbus, a finely quaffed spot-billed pelican, standing on the shores, surveying his domain. A half-smoked American spirit yellow dangles from his beak as he muses to himself. It wasn't enough that they've been given freedom from nearly every terrible thing this world can dish out. It isn't enough to harness the light or to conquer the dark. <laughs> now, now they want the seasons. Motherfuckers. Columbus <laughs> spits the smoldering butt from his mouth before mashing it deep into the muck. Breaking from his anti-reverie, he spots Hudson. That's you, Rebecca. A nervous juvenile green heron probing the soaked dirt for periwinkles. <laughs> hey, you. Hudson, diligent in his hunt, remains unaware. Hey, dipshit. Hudson snaps alert and turns to Columbus. Who, Me? Who the fuck else would I be talking to? Oh, well, <laughs> my name isn't dipshit. It's Yeah, it's I don't Hudson. give a flying fuck if your name is baby Jessica, okay? I need you to sound the code pronto. The code? Did I stutter, you dumbass? Go! <laughs> well, no, but why me? Why you? I don't know, because you're a child? Or maybe because you're the only one out here right now? But mostly, I guess it's because you're a pissant heron. Raising his chin, Columbus levels his proud face to the horizon. And I'm the motherfucking pelican. There's a beat. Oh, okay. But maybe next time be a little nice. Now! <laughs> Frightened, Hudson snaps into flight. Okay, okay. Shaking his head, Columbus watches the heron's young, powerful wings flap wildly <laughs> as Hudson pitches his body near vertical for several seconds before banking 45 degrees to the south and gliding back to the hearth's mirrored surface. Skimming the lake's cover with its delicate wingtips, Hudson taps a sort of Morse code across the reservoir's glass like calm, causing ripples of varying width and cadence to burn forth in a liquid mandala of grays and blues. The incongruent <laughs> lapping against the shoreline's slender reeds creates a high-pitched melody, a sort of harmonic tone at a frequency beyond our human ears, known simply as the code to the hearth's many residents. 
within <laughs> moments of the code sounding. This once barren expanse of musk and murk brims forth with activity. Birds and fish, amphibians of all shapes and sizes emerge from their hovels and commence a frantic race towards the hearth east bank. <laughs> a crayfish in mid crawl along the lake's bottom shout to a shimmering minnow as it races by. Me. Yeah. Was that the, the code? Did someone sound the code? It sure sounds like it. Has that ever happened? The minnow races ahead without answering. I don't think that's ever happened. The anxious crayfish picks up its pace. Above, riding dense humid air, a snowy egret circles all commotion, tracking a pair of jagged American alligators sneaking their way through the log jam of life. Sandpipers skitter along the hearth's sandy edges like constipated speedwalkers, fearful of anything that could be construed as a trot. He calls to Hudson, now in a frantic climb, back to soaring heights. You sounded the code! The pelican. He told me to do it. I swear. The pelican, huh? Well, I suppose we should go see what this is about. On the ground, as if all at once, the horde ascends the beach head <laughs> like Noah's Normandy, stopping just at the foot of Columbus, whose back is turned to the summoned mass. Vying for a better view, a lone bullfrog named Barry kicks his way on a <laughs> lily pad a few meters from shore. All is quiet. A lone cough from the crowd is heard. Frank the egret lands on a log. He waits a moment before speaking up. What gives? Shut up. Hey, you sounded the code. You have to explain why. He's right, you know. That's the law. I said shut up. Everyone remains quiet. Columbus to himself. Three, two, one. Now, just as Columbus yells, a vibration is felt deep in the ground beneath them. The crowd turns and watches in horror as a long silver pipe emerges from the lake center and begins violently spouting water in several cascading arches. A commotion roils through the crowd of stunned wildlife. What the fuck is that? Oh, God almighty, it's a nightmare to come to life. Can we live near that? Get used to it. The crowd goes silent and turns back to see Columbus now facing them. A fresh cigarette is clinched in his jaw <laughs> because it's not going anywhere. What the hell is it? Is it the rain? Yeah, because rain goes up, you fucking moron. God, <laughs> I'd kill you if Hearth Law allowed it. Just sit there and listen. Columbus stares at the geyser of water. Fear washes his pupils black. It's called a fountain. <laughs> The crowd begins muttering. I don't think this is what this movie's about. The crowd begins muttering this word amongst themselves. Hudson, fresh from the sounding the code, lands on a branch just above Columbus's perch. What's it for? What's it for? What the fuck is it for? It's probably it's for the same thing that everything the apes have is for. Nothing. Columbus flicks his half-finished cigarette into the shallows. Absolutely fucking nothing. <laughs> they build things like this so it doesn't feel so empty when they walk by so they don't have to be reminded of how pathetically boring whatever it is they're doing really is. I've touched the fountain. <laughs> you have? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I touched it. Yeah. Oh, what is it? He has not touched it. It was installed last night while you all were asleep. But I could. I could touch it. <laughs> 
Columbus <laughs> grits his teeth and continues without acknowledging another of Barry's inane observations. Now, the way I see it, we have two options here. One, we wait this out and hope for some sort of miracle. They get bored. They forget to turn it on every day. <coughs> Unlikely. Okay. Or two, we get out of here because we're never going to know peace and quiet or a clear sight line to the sky for you, for those of you below with that monstrosity kicking up noise and waves all day long. This idea brings about a great commotion. Leave. Are you out of your damned mind? That's against the God's plan. Forget the fucking gods. No one can leave the hearth. Even I need to know that. Yeah, yeah, Columbus, how do we do that? I mean, everyone who's ever tried has been caught immediately. Barry stops his pacing and stands fully upright. <clears throat> do you notice anything different about me? You're taller? Shut up, Barry. The crowd <laughs> is silent. Well, Columbus shakes his left foot. Hey! His gift is gone. The crowd oohs and ahs in amazement. Frank the Hud and Frank the Egret and Hudson make note of the numbered metal tracking bands on their feet before looking to Columbus's now barren legs. For years, we've toiled under the illusion that these cold rings of steel on our ankles were the gift, an offering from our gods bestowing flight in exchange for fealty. We even believe them to be something that made us special. And why wouldn't we? I, I mean, I'm sure even the apes view a few of their toilsome shortcomings as divine <laughs> providence. For if they didn't, they'd surely have been crushed beneath the weight of their burden long ago. But I know the truth. These gifts, there are shackles. They've been used by the apes to trap our comings and goings for generations. Eyes widen as rage roils through the gathering to control us. Oh, heresy. I move to have Columbus sequestered and re-educated. His words threaten us all. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is crazy. <laughs> Hudson peers at the tracking band on his leg. Tears well up in his eyes. Not a gift? This is outrageous. He's already infecting the young heron's mind. Oh, there, there, boy. It is a gift from the gods. It's what gives you the power of flight. Everyone knows the gift gives the power of flight. We don't have them, which is why we can't fly. You are without flight because it is not in your design, not because you didn't receive some flimsy gift. He's gone off the fucking rails. Summon the crows. Confine him. I'll do it. Barry the bullfrog belches out a series of deep staccato croaks, and within a few short seconds, a murder of crows. Bing! Look at that. How fortuitous. A cloud... Uh, a clouds wide of uh, a murder of crows, a clouds wide darken the aqua skies, their menacing calls, bringing with them the promise of hell and smoke. Columbus, now fearful, fidgets, unsure of what to do as the crow armada descends upon him. He makes a leap and takes flight, silencing the group. Everyone gasps. <gasps> He's flying without the gift. <laughs> Impossible. Columbus makes proud laps before zipping back overhead and landing right before back where he started. Every jaw within the crowd is pinned open, mouths agape. He, he flew with, without the gift. I know your fear. I felt it every, ever since the night I pried this shackle from my leg and I learned there are other places, other hearths, free from fountains and the apes' mindless destructions. 
other hearts? You're scaring the boy. This is heresy, I say. Yes. There are other hearts, and I can show you, Hudson. He remembered my name. Show us? How the hell can you show us all? all how, can, how the hell can you show all of us from the beneath? I'll carry you in my beak. I can hold three gallons of water, and I will, the crayfish and schools of fish, break into raucous laughter. <laughs> a, a free meal for you, you son of a bitch. You can eat my whole ass, Columbus. I'll never get in that mouth. I'm afraid I'll see parts of my relatives in there. Come on, guys, let's get the hell out of here. The schools of fish and crayfish turn to leave. No, wait. It's true, okay? It, it, it's all true. I, That's why his name is Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see it? It's true. I've massacred your lot. But what one of us hasn't made war during times of peace? Peace is the only time to make war. War during war is just more war. But today we face a common foe and we'll need each other to relocate and build you all beneath the surface. You'll need us from above the surface to help you survive. I mean, how long can you live amongst these raging waters? The sound alone will drive you to madness. And I, I, I cannot live without your kin filling my belly. It's violence, I know, but it's necessary violence. We need each other. I urge you all to shed fear and dream of anything other than this. So, uh, wait. Uh, the gift doesn't bring flight. Barry, go wait in the thickets. Okay, I'll call you <laughs> when a decision is made, but I can't do this anymore. Go. You're a dipshit. I could go touch the fountain. You don't know what I'm capable of. Leave. <laughs> go. Everyone stares as Barry slowly <laughs> slinks off his lily pad and disappears into dark water. The crowd now sits in husk contemplation. You can't all be seriously considering this. And you swear you won't eat us? We can trust you. You have my pelican's pledge. Can I fly beside you? I'm scared of getting lost. Of course. And I'll show you, my feathered, feathered brethren, how to remove these so-called gifts from our ankles. This is preposterous. You're poking forces greater Silence, than old man! Columbus pulls out a cigarette and lights it. Your fear is of no use anymore. <laughs> We leave tomorrow. Start collecting only what you must keep. The crowd, chattering to themselves, begins anxiously retreating to their various hideouts within the pond when suddenly the fountains cease. Everyone hushes. And then, crack! A burst of thunder shatters the commotion. Everyone freezes as if stiffened by death. Silence hangs like a lead curtain. A strange gurgling noise is heard from the bank of the hearth. They all turn to see Columbus. Red streaked across his ripples of snow-white breast feathers as he drops limp to the mossy carpet. Columbus! Hudson hops to his aid, cradling Columbus's untethered head in his wing. This isn't it, kid. This isn't the gift. The gift is out there. Remember that. And it'll remember you. Columbus goes limp, death washing over him. The crowd sits stunned. Frank the egret jumps up to his log. Is there no greater proof of the gift's existence, of our God's power? Look, really what feel it, they Kyle. Give yourself do. to it. 
They've dealt justice swift from unseen lofts. I, for one, am not willing to tempt another, and neither should you. You'd all do well to return to your, to your lives and suffer these new reigns. Go forth and find meaning in their chaos, for there must be meaning within them, or the gods would not have spared the gods would not have spared Columbus's life. So go, go now, return and toil righteously. The crowd, all newly saddened, one by one morosely retreat back to their depths. Hudson stands over the body, lightly sobbing. Frank the egret places his wing over the boy. Come on, boy. In time, this will all make sense. And if it doesn't? It will. Actions cannot exist without reason. Let me tell you of the gods and what I know of their plan. Frank and Hudson slowly walk the banks. Exterior, West Bank, Braxton Shallows. A large eye is seen blinking <laughs> through a piece of magnified glass. Reveal a disheveled head as it raises from behind the scope of a high-powered rifle. The frowning groundskeeper from before smiles proudly and exclaims loudly, Got him! Hell yeah, boy! His taller partner is revealed. Uh, uh, Rebecca, you play that. Uh, groundskeeper, too. His taller partner is revealed to be laying beside him in the tall grass. Whoa, is that legal to shoot a pelican? Doubt it, but the fucker <laughs> pried off his cracking band this morning, and I think he stole my American spirits off my cart yesterday. <laughs> Can we go get the body? Later, let's go turn the fountain back on to full blast before Terry comes in. I thought I saw a bullfrog climbing on the spout. <laughs> Bet we could blow it straight up into the air. Race you to the valve. The two stand and laugh like goons as they race off. <laughs> Exterior, the Harsh Seas Bank, close up on Columbus's lifeless face, his tongue hanging out. A wet cigarette resting in the mud beneath his bellowy chin. In the background, a loud whoosh is heard as the fountains increase greatly in density. A violent scream and croaking from a bullfrog can be heard phasing, fading as it wreaks sudden havoc, sodden havoc into the air. A slight smile forms across Columbus's dead beak. Finn. Come on! Now that's what the... That's what that should be about. Holy shit! <laughs> now, I want you to know, I, I really hope that this is... When I turn on the Pelican Brief, it's a parable about the meaningless of life and the worthlessness <laughs> of gods. Uh, told uh, from marshland creatures. Um, so like ben, you said, ben, like you said maybe Julia Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> played by Julia, all yeah, parts. All parts like, of Julia. All like Norbit, all parts played by Julia Roberts. <laughs> straight up, straight up, that was breathtaking. That well, was a, about the only cohesive thing we've ever had happen on this show, <laughs> script or not. Pixar, Pixar animated short Hoost? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, Holy it's a, shit, it's a real tearjerker, <laughs> you know, and I'm going to I want you all to know and I want to say this first. I'm a director first and foremost. I think you both know that about myself. <laughs> I I see talent in people that perhaps they don't see in themselves. And Kyle, you limped into your part, but I felt like by the end of it. You knew who you were. You knew this character. One of my biggest struggles Frank is I was ha I was too excited to read and see what happened to get into it. Yeah. Because it was so good that I couldn't just throw myself in because I also wanted to know what happened. The and imagery. Yeah. The powerful imagery. And Rebecca, I want you to know that I chose you for some smaller parts. You had a bigger part, obviously. Hudson is a main character, but I gave you some ancillary characters. <laughs> 
because I knew you could give them the shine. <laughs> I saw it in you. It takes a lot of work to do that, but I'm proud. Oh, oh my God. Now, Thank I tell you, you if that. I do take this to stage, there will be some recasting. There's no yeah, guarantee no, that you'll retain your parts. I understand. Fair. I can play more. I want you to know how much I don't like writing and I stress about every little bit of writing. So. It doesn't show. <laughs> I disagree. It shows. I think it shows it <laughs> an absurd, uh, unnecessary intensity to... Uh, this, I, I, I can feel how it is when I write something for this. It felt similar reading this where I'm like, you you stress so much about it that you realize, oh, have I waxed poetic about something that maybe I didn't need to? I love putting, this is my absolute favorite thing is to treat the dumbest thing as seriously as possible. Exactly. That's the I think best. that's the greatest comedic thing. Com- comedy is perfect for that. You, you know, like, um, my, uh, that should be an album uh, name of mine is Waxing Poetic About Things I Don't Need To. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've made that, an but, entire career. Because like, you, you wrote, like, yeah. All that aside... Two knees resembling blueberries lodged in a straw is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. This is, but this is such a funny. wonderful piece of art that ended up here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it, it's not uh, this. I say this a lot. I want to animate these for a television show. Oh, yes. that would be amazing. More than anything that I've ever worked on. What a great show on. this would be. This Have is you- a summation, and we've worked on it and are sort of working on it. But if anyone is listening who wants to do the thing is, it is hard to proof of concept a cartoon because it is expensive, and it is a skill that I don't hold. All, the, all I want is to make this into act one of a half hour television show. <laughs> and then act two would be like my terrible vice script where they do 9-11 so they don't have to hang out with George Bush or something like that. <laughs> uh, honestly, I mean, we were both, uh, uh, we were both seemed to sync up in our messages about the meaningless of, um, I, 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 now I want to, I'm definitely, I made a promise to a friend that I'm definitely going over to their place, uh, and watching the Pelican brief now, uh, because <laughs> made a you know, promise to a friend, is it, is it your friend's favorite, favorite movie? No, no. I, they, they were like, they were like, I've seen it. And, and I told them, don't tell me what it is. And I told them my idea. And then they were like, okay. They were like, that's exactly what it is. Now come over afterwards and watch this so you can see just how right you were. Um, Sometimes you just have to confirm your successes. Yeah. I have a Wait, Kyle, know, have you seen it or I no. Uh sorry, I think sorry, maybe but... I think I know who's no, in no, it. No. And so I think maybe I've picked up some of it on TNT, but like that it just right. sort of feels like a, a commercial break movie or something so like, it's not about it's not about birds no <laughs> no i know who's in it and i know i think i know that it's a courtroom thing but i could have also just been watching a complete swordfish or some like a, or you know what i mean it could have just been some completely other 1991 to 1995 type of movie they don't even make anymore if you did this animated and people could really like you know you had a budget and people could really spend a couple days because that was the hardest thing is that I wrote this in the span of, you know, two or three hours, just like trying to jot. like yeah. get. And so uh, if I could, if I could like spend time 
If you could spend a paid few days revising this to be animated, it might win in Golden Globe. (laughs) No (laughs) shit. The Pelican (laughs) brief about about, uh, a surly smoking pelican trying to get people to- I'm also excited that what I think is the longest script we've ever had has brief in the name. No. (laughs) No. That was the irony I was trying to, there's nothing brief. The fact that I picked me as a comic, if anybody, and I don't know if anybody that's listening is familiar with what I do stand-up wise, there's never been anything brief about a bit I've written in my entire life. (laughs) 20 minutes scaping things about my alcoholism. So, um, but this, uh, this was a lot of fun as a writing prompt and, yeah, uh, thank you for um, doing it. And a reason to imbibe a couple CBD edibles, uh, which I've now sort of gotten into now that because I, I don't drink uh, liquor uh, and uh, just sink into the mattress and just, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, God, I like uh, <laughs> there's nothing more rewarding for me. I've probably written, I don't know, Rebecca, what would you say? Maybe 10 or 12. I've probably done. Yeah, probably. And there's nothing. I enjoy more than when I find what I want to do with the never seen it script I'm doing. Sometimes it's just right, right. And then you sort of find where it's going or what you get to play with. And that's just what's the most fun for me. But I struggle to get started on them a lot. Oh, yeah. Well, the start, that's the start. The start kills every writer. That's that's the thing that killed every unknown writer was starting. Uh, Did you how many have you done, Rebecca? None. Um, I'm I, I, I like writing, but I, it's, yeah, I don't know. I have problems. <laughs> I'll do one well, that's day. a vague statement, Kyle. <laughs> Should we be concerned? No, no, it's okay. It's okay. That's not even a, a tapestry behind her. That's her painted wall. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's my, my is... soft walls. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah, this was a ton of fun. And I, and uh, I hope it works for whatever you do. Uh, oh, this was just a run through oh, episode. We're not going to record this. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> no, this is this is beyond working. Uh, I, I want to end. We play a game on the podcast called Guess What Movie Kyle's Dad is Describing, having only watched the trailer and never having heard of the movie, The Game. Okay. Uh, and how it works is my dad, who has not been to a movie theater since he saw Space Jam, which is true. He hasn't been to a movie theater in what is now 25 years. There's another one about to come out. And yeah. he, is he going go to go to the new one? I think he is. I, You know, it's funny because my dad's like, I'll go see the new Space Jam in theaters. And then the world was like, no, you won't. Like the whole world was like, as a collective, was like, there won't be those. It's That's a, why we're in this situation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was a definitive Thanks, date dad. my dad could go back to a movie theater. And then someone just flew to the nope. United States and coughed on him instead. Now, I want to yeah. know this. There's two ways that that could go. Either A, your dad ended with Space Jam because it was so terrible. He couldn't bring himself to go see another movie. Or B, it was so good. He <laughs> thought that no movie would ever top Space Jam. You know so what's wild is I think he went and saw it and he was just like, oh, that's what movies are? Huh. Like it was literally the indifferent exactly. middle. Exactly. So it's number one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think he kind of just fell asleep because he. What about this was back, He's like working seventy hours a week, <laughs> and you know, taking his kid to see a movie, and he's just falling asleep. But now I don't he think I've ever home. seen Space Jam. I should have done that, but it would have just Same trailed. Plot. In, yeah, it would have just <laughs> trailed into more hard marsh uh godlessness so um <laughs> marshy godlessness so here we go i'm gonna play call the episode here. marshy okay. godlessness okay here we go. okay 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 oh wow guess what movie trailer kyle's dad is describing
So I explained how it is. I, I don't know. Wait <laughs> a second. What the fuck was that? Oh, we got theme songs. We got theme songs theme for song. everything. Oh my god! You should have let that go three or four times around. That was amazing. <laughs> it's good every time too. I've heard it a thousand times. It's always good. There's a cakey Becky like type quality yes. to it, but it's also a bit more. If there's some Latigra in there, it's a little troubling too. Yeah. Uh, oh, right. I mean, we got we can go all over the place. Here's let's hear some other games. We listen okay. to this one. Get ready to play before and afters. And then if we have a if we play a game that doesn't have a theme song, we have a theme song for that. This is a song for a game without a song yet. They're about to play a game without a <laughs> That's actually catchy. Did you get the did you get the uh what, who were the people that did the Friends theme song? So oh, that's, <laughs> that's what that sounds like. Uh, the per, 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 the Rembrandts, whatever. I think. Yes. Yeah. Was it the Rembrandts? No. I don't know. Yeah, that's probably it. I hate that show. Yeah. So I got to give a shout out to Tyler Boyd and Aaron Lee, who are the uh, two musicians who who wrote all of our theme songs. And if anyone's listening and they want theme songs, hit me up and I'll give you their information. Here's another They're one. They're amazing. Makes a sound. This is actually Mike Kaplan. That is how you do That does sound like Mike Kaplan, actually. <laughs> we had a new game, and Mike sent us a theme song. Well, we got a lot of them. But, so here's what's going to happen. My dad watched a movie trailer. He describes it, and you have to guess what movie this is the trailer for. Rebecca, is it I think a new this movie one, or an older this movie? This is any I'll, movie I'll ever. I'll sit this one out. I'll sit, sit this okay. one out. I think it was from the yeah. game night. Okay. Okay, this preview has been approved for all audiences. It's really dark. Now there's this rock. A lot of shots of stuff coming into the camera's view. It's round and on the ground. Oh, that's what that is. The other shots were too close up. Now it's opening. And the music is getting scarier. People running through tunnels of smoke. More shots of tunnels and them in helmets. A very quick shot of a cat. More tunnel running. Cat again, screaming. Cat is then angry. Oh, I've seen that tagline before. <laughs> don't remember that at all but <laughs> <laughs> we might not have used it i can't remember uh, i have no idea what that is okay so. hold on one second i'm i'm uh i have an idea what it is hold on i've just got to remember the name of it i'm trying to it was uh i have to tell you i want to give you a hint if you can't remember the name of it you probably don't have the right movie no 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 i remember it was a very simple word Okay. It was like sphere or it's one word. Yeah, it's like oh. <laughs> it's like that. It's like uh and you're gonna tell me and I'm gonna know it. Hold on. Don't 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 just give me one second. Is there like a time frame? There's not a time frame. <laughs> okay. Do you give me one second because I'm trying to think uh uh um uh, 
Um, just don't tell me. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, it's, uh, so when I, I think I got this movie as a screener, was it, it's only a couple years or a few years old now. Okay. This is, I would say one of the more famous one word movies. Cont no, it wouldn't be contact because there was no sphere in the preview because it wasn't as it's closer to the ground. Independence Day. You no. are fairly. You are close. No, it's, 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 okay, go ahead. We are looking for Alien. Ah, alien. I wasn't There's, even close. Nah, there's aliens in Independence Day. You had sort of the right feel. Yeah, well, I mean, the, he the cat said running around. He was like, this is your only the real cat, cat. I thought it was the one that was fairly recent with the big sliver that's just off the ground. You know, arrival. And, arrival. Yeah, arrival. That was what uh, yeah. I was. Another one worder. Yeah, another. Yeah. I love. But that I didn't movie. remember a cat in it. So, but, but then it seems like something that would be in it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. All these yeah. movies with the big, oh, like the very, very large. Uh, mortality-based metaphors yes. tend to have one animal who's just like the grounding uh, like force in the whole thing. The magic animal. Yeah. Um, but it yeah. was alien. Well, Ben, thank you for being here and thank you for having never seen the Pelican Brief. Well, and thank you both for having me and yeah. I appreciate it and I hope we get to do live shows and and be around each other in person. In, I would love uh, to to uh, come to Denver sometime and do a table read with this script where we can cast it up and all hang out. Let's and, do it. Let's do uh, it. You should do a live one at the Grawlix sometime or something That would be like so that. fun. Yeah. Uh, and Rebecca, it was so a fun. pleasure meeting you. And thank so nice you. meeting you. And you got to do a script. You're messing I out. I know, I know. I will. <laughs> ben, uh, let everyone know where to find you or if you have stuff working on they want to check out. That sort of sure, thing. yeah. Um, my podcast is called 97 Died the Rat Race. Uh, and that is available on All Things Comedy. Uh, our newest episode, uh, Howie Mandel, uh, guest starred on it. So make sure you check that out. I also have, uh, that's 97.9 The Rat Race. You can find that on all your platforms. I have a podcast called The Grawlix Saves the World, which is available on Starburns Audio as well. Uh, you can check that out. I'm at Benroy00. And of course, my band, Spells. You can check out Spells at Spells Rules or SpellsRules.Bandcamp.com. Listen to music. Yeah, if you're listening and you find any music and Bandcamp is an option for you, please explore that if you want to listen to stuff before you, you know, streaming is also wonderful. But yes. Bandcamp seems to be the kindest as someone who's just started seeing the amount of revenue they generate from various platforms from people listening to their thing. Boy, does Bandcamp seem artist friendly. It, it should be right. Yeah. I mean, and I think it is. Uh, but it's kind of sad that we're like, there's the one that likes the artists. <laughs> Go to the people all shit on title when it came out, but title is like at least they're paying. Okay, they care a little bit more than the other yeah. ones, but we yeah. all made fun of it because uh, it was ran by musicians. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't set up as that great, but it was better. So, yeah, uh, all right, thank you everybody for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day whenever you're listening to this one. That, that was it for Ben Roy, that was so fun. What a friggin' script. Thank you for listening. Please find the show on whatever stuff you like to do online. Uh, if you want to hang out with Never Seen It fans, we are on Discord. It is basically just a big, fun message board. 
And you can talk to a bunch of fans. Fart.kyleairs.com will link you to that. Please find us on Stereo at the Stereo app at Stereo.com slash Kyle Ayers as well. And whatever you want to do, you can find us on all this stuff. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're having a wonderful day or night, wherever and whenever you are. A podcast network.